Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. So glad you are tuning in with us. My name is Benji Linder, and with me as always is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic is trials. So first, uh, define what we mean by trials, and then is this something that a believer should expect? Yeah, I think when you talk about trial, you're talking about any type of suffering, hardship, Mm -hmm. anything that's less than ideal, um, a difficulty. um, You know, biblically speaking, there's... um, it's interesting the word, especially in the New Testament, the words uh, trials, uh, temptation, and testing are mm-hmm. kind of used interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And so I would say a trial is um, this hard thing you experience, whether it's relationally, whether it's physically, whether it's materially. Um, it's this hard thing you experience, and the hard. Sp- the trial, the hard thing you can experience is an opportunity for God to test you. Really, a better word there is to prove you. We think of like tests like an examination, like are you going to pass or are you going to fail? Biblical idea of testing is more like you're going through a process to prove you or to refine you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so you think of trial, hard thing. God perspective, he uses it for testing. Man perspective, or even Satan's perspective, it can be an occasion for temptation. Right. So you're, it's important to understand those different terms. At the heart, it's this hard, difficult thing you're going through um, that's a part of living life on a fallen earth. Um, every trial can be traced back to the fall in a way. And um, every trial involves something that is the less than God is less than God's ideal, the ideal he had in the Garden of Eden and the idea ideal that we will enjoy one day and the new heaven and the new earth. So it's this hard thing that really shouldn't be in society or in our lives, but it's there um, by virtue of the fact that we're in an imperfect place. And from God's perspective, he wants to use it for testing, to prove us, to refine us. From our perspective and from Satan's perspective, if we're not careful, it can become an occasion for temptation for us uh, to sin against God. Um, So second part of your question, should we expect it? I would say by all means, yes. Job 5, as the sparks fly upwards, which I really don't know what that means. That's that's cool imagery, though. I guess it's... I'm assuming like I'm thinking bonfire, fire, yeah, yeah. that kind of sparks go oh, up. Oh, okay. I was thinking... I like, could be totally wrong. See, I was thinking growing up in Georgia, an old pickup truck going down the road and the chain falls off the back of it and drags <laughs> on the ground and sparks. But those sparks yeah. shoot upwards, too. But they Job do. wouldn't have known about the Chevy. Probably not. On, on Probably the not. blacktop. With the, he might have been a Ford man. <laughs> yeah, but, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he yeah he he probably would have been a Toyota Tundra guy. He, I he, think he's he pretty been domestic though. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> the American yeah. view on yeah. Anyway, no, so um, that was a diversion. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah, sparks fly upward, so man is born to trouble. So the Bible is real clear 
I mean, it just states it, you know, and then there's that James one, two, whenever you fall into diverse temptations, which is an older translation. But, you know, I can remember hearing preachers when I was younger saying, notice it says whenever, not if, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a conditional statement. It is you will face trial. So the Bible is like real clear. You're going to face hardship. And it says that in so many words, but then it also gives us all these examples, you know, like tell me of one great saint that we admire. And by saint, I mean, you know, child of God, someone that we look up to. Right. Tell me of, of one Bible character we admire who did not face hardship. And really the reason we admire so many of them is because of the way they navigated through hardship. Moses, 40 years in the backside of a desert. Joseph, accused of a horrific crime, sold into slavery, locked up in prison. Um, David, pursued by Saul. Daniel, sent into captivity and some of the horrible things that were done to him. So you can just go down the line. And even the great hall of faith, Hebrews 11, makes uh, gives testimony to that, that, that we, we should just exper- expect trials to be a part of our experience. And that all goes back to it's part of our world's messed up, our world's broken, and we shouldn't shy away from this. You know, it's so sad we've got this version of Christianity that wants to teach you to escape trials when really the fact that there are trials, man, that that fits perfectly with our message in a biblical worldview that, hey, y'all, this world's messed up. It's broken because of sin. We have the answer in Jesus. Right. So we should expect trials for all those reasons. Yeah, and working with, uh, as you're talking about this, it reminds me, because I work with students, um, so when we're talking about trials, sometimes we have self-caused trials. I think yeah. of a middle schooler who's totally upset, and parents are mad at them. It's like, well, we ground it, going through this very difficult time, ask for prayer. And then yeah. you get to a heart issue, well, why are your parents mad at you? Well, I kind of failed a uh, couple mm-hmm. grades. And so mm-hmm. we realized like the reason why he failed a couple grades is self-caused, right? Yeah, he didn't yeah. do his homework. Um, so we have that in life, right? Talk a little bit about self-caused trials and then how God has caused trials throughout Scripture and then differentiate those from spiritual warfare. Yeah, when I was a younger believer, somebody helped me by saying, you know, every trial you're going through can either be caused by yourself, mm-hmm. by God, by someone else. I think you could possibly add Satan to that, that there's uh, spiritual warfare. Now, the hard thing is when it comes to Satan, we just don't know. Like I'm not, there's some people that will pretend like I know Satan's doing this. This is satanic spiritual warfare. I'm like, I just don't know. Now, I have been a place in life where I was in a trial and I told my wife, I said, I would venture a guess. I just can't get to where this is coming from. I would venture a guess this is satanic in nature, and I'm going to hold on to faith in the Lord. He's going to see me through. Mm-hmm. So, but you go back to trials can have those different origins. It's so important to be wise about that. I think that we should always, as Christians, embrace a sense of humility, first of all, and a sense of meekness, um, and a sense of responsibility to say, perhaps I've caused this trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, every trial should be an opportunity for us to examine ourselves. Mm -hmm. We know that's true because Romans 5, James 1 speak so clearly about how God uses trials to purify us, Mm -hmm. to sanctify us. Mm -hmm. So if if part of God's design in trials, 
is by his divine design, he wants to use these things to make us more like Jesus, um, then it stands to reason that when we face a trial, one of our first responses would be, what do I need to learn? Is there anything I need to learn? Now, we've got to be careful there because I've sometimes been in a deep trial and I kept beating myself up with that, being a perfectionist, like what else do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. And I felt after a while, it was almost like if the Lord, as if the Lord was leading me to see, hey, there's not anything for you to really learn here. I just want you to love me and trust in me. And um, perhaps there's things you don't see going on behind the scenes. But at the same time, I think we should first go to, is there anything I need to learn? Did I cause this? Number two, could someone else have caused it? How do I need to respond if they did? What boundaries do I need to be, have in place? Do I need a uh, like a Matthew um, Matthew fifteen type of confrontation here? Um, Matthew fifteen or 18, eighteen? 18. Matthew eighteen. Yeah. Okay, Matthew eighteen type of confrontation here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So, so you analyze those things, and if you're striking out on yourself and others, then maybe it's something that I would say behind a veil. It's either the Lord. Or it's Satan. Here's the thing I've often said about all that, though. I've often said in trials, God's never called us to figure it out. That's a good point. He's say, called, say that again. He's, so he's, ne- he's never called us to figure it out. Okay. And here's the second part of it. He's only called us to respond in faith. Mm-hmm. So you take Job, for example. Why is Job so long? We could have really just had four chapters. <laughs> but why is it so long? Because it's a story about humans trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out who caused it. Did you cause it, Job? And Job's holding fast to his integrity. Then he's getting kind of schizophrenic, like maybe I did cause it. I don't know. So it's all these chapters of guys trying to figure it out. And at the end, God just shows up and be like, hey, I'm God. I created the heavens and the earth. You need to trust me. And Job's like, got it abundantly clear. I'm trusting you. So uh, there's a little bit of that that can help. Like, okay, maybe there's something that I did here. And I, I think there's, it's important. Like, you know, I've seen people, well, we just keep having financial problems. Well, you don't manage your money well. Mm-hmm. You, you, you eat out like it's vacation every week. You're, you're blowing through your money. You've got a bigger wardrobe than, you know, Prince Charles or whoever. You know, it's like you need to learn some things. You need to learn how to live within your means. So it's not a trial this is sin that's causing problems in your life, you know, or I just have this health trial with my diabetes. And it's like, well, if I had, you know, if anybody has the um, regimen of desserts you have every night, they may have the same trial. Right. And don't want to be, um, you know, rude or insensitive there. I've had blood sugar issues. So I'm speaking from personal experience there. So, you know, it's um, there indeed is that issue. And so we need to be sensitive to that. You bring up a great point. But then there's the other side of it. Hey, faith. So it helps to try to zone in on where's this coming from. But then when you get on the other side of that, you still just got to have faith and let the Lord accomplish his purposes through it. Yeah. So the second question is, as a person, as an individual, as a believer, working with someone else who's going through a trial. So what tips do you have, some do's and don'ts um, for someone helping another, a friend, uh, process a trial? And then how how can they walk beside this individual while he or she's in a trial? Yeah, I would say, number one, uh, be quiet and listen mm. and just be there. I'll never forget this situation I had early in ministry, a family teenager 
you're a student minister, so uh, you're aware of situations like this. I get the call, so-and-so in the church has been in a four-wheeler accident. It was like Saturday afternoon, I think, or a Friday afternoon. It was a day off for me. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll pray for him. And then I got a call from a guy who was with, um, I think, like EMT or something said, Pastor, it's bad. Like, you, you may need to get down here. So so I go down there, and um, it indeed is is bad. The, the student passed away. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that I showed up in small town. Another minister showed up at the same time who hadn't been in ministry long and was kind of um, new at those type of situations. I was in a way. I'd never experienced anything like that. But I, I just knew being there, there is zero, I can say at this point, like a and obviously this is, I'm giving worst case scenario. I'm giving like really bad trial. There's nothing I can say. All I can do is just be here and let them know I care. There was this other ministry at that time that was there. and was like, hey, these are your people, man. You need to go say something to them. Actually kind of elbowing me in the ribs. Like, go, go comfort them. Go say something. Go share some scripture with them. And it was just like the Holy Spirit was impressing me. No, this is not the time to say anything. Just be, be here. And um, it was kind of funny because I felt like, am I doing the right thing? Because right. this individual is telling me what to do. Later on, the grandmother told me um, or may have told someone else that got back to me. So we so appreciated Patrick during his time. He hasn't really done anything. He's just been there mm -hmm. and it's helped so much. And so um, I learned from that, you know, that many times the best thing is just to be there. I think you learn that from Job's friends as well. I mean, they've got all the one-liners. They've got all the religious statements. They've got all the answers, and Job just needs someone to listen. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend uh, this weekend call me. His words were devastated, hurt by something that had happened. And I felt like he was a little bit bitter. I could tell he was a little bit maybe fleshly with how he was responding to it as a believer, but um, trial, mm -hmm. somebody did something that hurt him really bad, and I was just there to listen. And I gave, you know, it's not as, this isn't as big of a deal as a tragic death. So I was able to give a little bit in that moment. But what I did, I tried to make it supremely scriptural. Not like in a, the Bible says, right. you know, the joy of the Lord should be your strength during this time, you know, but like that. And then a little bit of, man, I don't know what you're going through, but I've been through something similar and here's some things the Lord showed me if that helps. You know, and I always try to, I always try to like cover all of that in language where I'm saying, man, not want to tell you what to do. Tell me if this helps. I'll shut up if you want me to, Right. you know, and then always extend. I'm always here when you want to talk and then to provide a, tr try to provide assistance. But I always offer instead of try to come on too hard because you never know where a person is and how, number one, they need to process in their soul. But number two, um, you know, you never want to get in the place of the Lord. You know, the Lord has got that person and he needs to do a work in their heart. You know, so you want to offer and be there and love them and, and but let the Lord do his work through that. So. Now, I think that's good. I've always been told don't give false hope. 
Yeah. That's, that's detrimental yeah, yeah. to a person's soul, really. If you yeah. say, you know, things are going to get better, like you, we really don't know that, and no, it, it's not helpful at all. Um, listening is better than talking. You know, James one nineteen: be slow to speak, slow to get mm-hmm. get angry, but quick to listen. And I think that verse also applies in those situations. Um, and most of the time, they're not going to remember the words no. you said. Just like you said, they're going to remember you're there. And yeah. I, I kind of coined that the ministry of presence. Yeah. Uh, just being there, and and it's okay not to say anything. Yeah, uh, and, I've even learned yeah. that in funerals. You know, mm-hmm. most funerals, especially ones that have a higher degree of pain involved, family doesn't remember anything I say. I can look as I'm preaching, and there a lot of times they're so overcome with grief they're not even able to listen. So um, that false hope—that's such a great point too. I remember uh, visiting a lady who was dying. Had another pastor with me. When I hit the door, I could smell death, like mm-hmm. this this lady's close to death. I knew it. And then when I saw her in the bed, and she was fully conscious, able to talk and have a conversation, but I could see it in her face and the way her mouth looked. She's getting close to death. And the other minister with me prayed and told her before he prayed, we're believing God's promise. You're going to get out of this bed and walk again. Oh, and I thought, man. good grief. And telling that to family members as well. Yeah. And I was like, you know, death is a natural part of living in a fallen world. Trials are a natural part of living in a fallen world. Why would we ever try to give people this unbiblical belief that they somehow can escape those things? Um, What we need to give them instead is biblical truth to arm them with how to counter those things righteously and spiritually. Yeah. I I think that's really good. And what you said earlier about God's not asking us to figure it out. He's asking, fill in the last part. To respond in faith. Yeah. Which kind of leads into my final question. Uh, So anytime you're in a trial, I'm in a trial, we're going through these difficulties, we're walking beside a family that's going through difficulties. It's always encouraging to hear stories of people enduring extreme hardships, Mm -hmm. but yet keeping the faith. So what is your go-to story illustration, whether it's a personal story or a biblical story dealing with that? Yeah, I think um, one, you start with the Bible. You know, Paul says, is it Romans 15? Whatsoever was written aforetime was written for our learning that so that we through patient endurance may have hope in the scriptures. I may have messed up that quote a little bit. So you go to those stories. I mean, how many times, I know you're probably like this. We mentioned it recently. Laura and I, do you just go back to Joseph? Mm -hmm. Do you go back to his brother sold him into slavery? Mm -hmm. He was accused of what? Then he was in prison. He tries to help these guys and they do what to him? You know, so um, you have that and then you see how the Lord used him. Mm-hmm. I go through Daniel. And if you study Daniel chapter one, I remember when I studied it the first time and I realized all Nebuchadnezzar actually did to him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And you realize how he was taken from his family, like probably right from his parents, ripped away. Have you seen is it Schindler's List when they take the kids right. from their oh, pa- yeah, yeah. parents? That happened to Daniel. Mm-hmm. And then he was taken, emasculated, taught a new language in order to brainwash him and given a, a, a regimen of study to try to make him forget his old life and so that he could just serve Nebuchadnezzar. And so I go back to Daniel. like So you remember those examples. And then Jesus is the ultimate example, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. So you go to those biblical examples. I can go to, um, secondly, to personal examples, like just remember how God brought me through. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's power in that in remembering. The Lord told the Israelites so many times, remember, remember, remember. You know, you've got that portion of the Psalms where they sing those songs that were sung at Passover to remember what God had done in delivering them from Egypt. So in the life of an Israelite, when everything's, whenever things got hard, you could just go back and sing the Psalms. God delivered us from Egypt. You could remember what he'd done in your life. So there's power for me in that going back to childhood, even as a teenager, college years, marriage years, things the Lord's brought me through. So I remember those. Um, family members, friends, acquaintances. And then apart from that, I would say church history is huge for me. I, I was in my um, office today and I saw a couple of books I'd bought recently um, on, you know, historical sketches of Christians and church history. And I thought, I haven't read any church history in, long, in a while, in a few months. I need to get back to it because I find so much help there. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember reading about a missionary. I can't remember if it was Livingston or which one how many wives he had pass away, how many children he lost. On one occasion, his wife passed away when he was on a a voyage across an ocean. And because whatever disease he had, you can't have a proper burial, wrap her up in cloth and drop her in the ocean. And you start thinking about that. And then you realize, man, if I got one church member sends me an ugly email, it's not that big of a deal. Right. right? Right. So, Um, man, it's like in the moment I face hardship or think about difficult things I have to do, I can think about the saints in scripture, the saints throughout church history. And man, it really, it really helps. So I would say read church history. I heard that years ago, read church history. It'll benefit you. And I never took, uh, I, I never did that until a few years ago and have seen the benefit. Mm-hmm. We're even doing that with our children. If if you don't feel like you can read the kind of the weighty books, there's a good paper. There's good paperback series that are really designed for like middle school age Mm -hmm. that give a great synopsis of people like William Carey, uh, Mary Slessor, um, others that really just give you a good perspective on how they face trials. You remember title or author of those by chance? I don't. I don't. Maybe we need to Google it. I'm sure you can Google uh, kids, church history. There are probably not many options out there. You better figure it out. I think that's good stuff, and I love that quote. Uh, you don't have to figure it out. He's asking, God is asking you to have faith uh, in the midst of trial. Uh, so that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you will tune in next week. See you. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.